time is constantly unfolding. Will we create and evolve? We must innovate now so we can leave the world better than we found it. I am your host, Sarah Mirmont, and welcome to Avant Savant. Nicole Moore is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a master's degree in clinical psychology from Pepperdine University with an emphasis on trauma. She's also an award-winning tango dancer, musician, actress, and founder of the Center Method Wellness Center in Santa Monica, California. Please welcome Nicole Moore. Let's start before the Center Method was launched. I grew up in Houston. I moved to New York at 18 to do my undergraduate. I studied theater, <laughs> did not study psychology. I have a degree in literature, writing, and the arts. And then I moved to LA in 2006. And I have been a working actress, but the business side of being an actress is, it's hard. And I finally had my fill of it. And I decided to do something that felt a little more meaningful and fulfilling. And I went back to school for psychology and <clears throat> and that's how it all started. And there's so many layers to the human mind that you have to tap into as an actor. Do you feel like that really helped you and still helps you connect with people? I think that psychology certainly is and does play a big part of the arts in general, whether it's music, dance, visual art, film, acting, all of those things. So yeah, the more perspectives we have, greater connection, the greater ability to connect we have. Understanding psychology is really only one of the ways to understand a person. What's keeping you sane during this time? Interestingly enough, it is work. You love the work you do then. I kind of do. I do As love it. Should. I love working with people. Uh, I, I mean, this is a therapist's time to shine, right? When the whole world is is experiencing some mental health issues and people are becoming more aware of it, which is great. And hopefully this will help to destigmatize things, but we're all in this together and I'm right there with everyone and it helps me to help other people. Yes. The secret to living is giving. Yeah. <laughs> What's your morning routine like? Do you do anything special to get yourself primed and tip top shape? So if you'd asked me this a year ago, the answer would be very different than how I'm about to answer right now. I had COVID in March and I got really, really sick. Um, I, I was not hospitalized, but uh, I've now been diagnosed with long COVID. So I have some issues with my throat. I have some um, inflammation issues, breathing issues still. It's greatly affected my daily routine. So a year ago, I would have said, oh, I wake up, I do yoga, I teach yoga, um, I meditate, <laughs> right? All these things. And now I'm like, well, um, I sleep in till about eight or nine. <laughs> Whereas before I would have been teaching by 5.45 a.m. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You really relaxed a little bit. <laughs> I relaxed. That's probably why you're loving life right now. Because you're <laughs> not forcing yourself to be superior. I guess you're just dealing with it until it goes away. Or does it go away, not go away? This is so new. Who knows? Oh, knows? You're a great dancer. <laughs> Are you still able to dance? What's really sad is that a lot of these dance studios are actually closing for good wow. because they're 
all small businesses. They're all little mom and pop shops. And a lot of them just can't make it through this time. And it's really, really sad. I feel like we're losing culture. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to these people who are losing their businesses mental health wise? And there's been a, a bit of a downward spiral just overall in general. There are more people going into crisis right now. But you're not really seeing those kinds of people as your patients. Can you tell us what type of patients you see? So I specialize in the treatment of trauma, which is a a pretty wide ranging uh, population. So I see children, I see teens, I see adults, uh, usually individuals who have some kind of traumatic past. So I guess the the pop term for it right now, the pop culture term for it would be like CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And then there's like a single incident PTSD. So complex would be, for example, an incident, not a single incident, but a reoccurring event or continuous things that happened. Uh, it could be developmentally through childhood abuse, of some kind, or it could be like a vet coming back from war. But I do see a lot of childhood complex developmental trauma. Really big motivating factor for people is when a relationship doesn't work. So people will come in and they're like, ah, I just broke up with my partner and, and I don't really get what's going on, but I'm the only common denominator in my last few relationships. Like, wh- wh- why me? What's going on? And then people start to look at their past and they'll start to dive deeper into like why they behave the way they do and then discover, oh, perhaps I've experienced some kind of trauma. What's some of your methods to discovering that within somebody? I think having... A therapist is always a really good idea. I think everyone should go see a therapist because no matter how great our childhood was, like there's always something that may have affected us that we're not aware of. And there's usually a bit of a blind spot when it comes to ourselves. So we need an objective person to really help show us or guide us, right? However, I don't think it's impossible to understand on your own, uh, meditation, doing mindfulness every day, being self-aware, being present in a current relationship and understanding how you affect others. These can all give you clues and and indicators into how your past might be affecting your present. Can you elaborate on mindfulness? It can mean so many things, but basically practicing mindfulness is to to help an, an individual with self-discovery and self-awareness so that they might have compassion for themselves and compassion for others. Empathy. It's interesting because a lot of people are empathetic toward others, but they don't have that same compassion for themselves. So I think that's a big part of mindfulness is really having that empathy for yourself and forgiving ourselves for any kind of mistakes we may have made in the past or, you know, understanding that we were doing the best we could and we continue to do the best we can. So what's some of your favorite methods to use with people? I approach therapy with individuals from a few different perspectives. One is attachment theory. 
The other one is family systems. I also incorporate something called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. That is specific to trauma. I don't like to only use that, but I like to incorporate it. I like to integrate it with other types of therapy. And then I will also incorporate mindfulness and meditation and breathing and things like that. If someone's not familiar with EMDR, can you give a elevator pitch? EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It was discovered through bilateral stimulation, meaning eye movement, right to left, left to right. But really, it can be any kind of bilateral stimulation of the brain. It can be tapping. It could be I'm walking. There's a right, left to the feet, left, right. And when you use this bilateral stimulation with the guidance of a therapist, you're able to access things that you may not be able to access. If we're traumatized from something, most likely a person develops defenses. We don't want to go there. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. The bilateral stimulation gets you into a state of being, which is very similar to the state of being we're in when we go into REM sleep. So when we're in rapid eye movement sleep, our eyes are moving back and forth and we're processing things that happen throughout the day in our sleep. And we wake up and we're like, oh, I feel a little better than I did last night, right? Or that problem I had yesterday isn't bothering me the same way. But when we're traumatized, things get stuck in our system and we're not able to access it. So when you're conscious and through the guidance of a therapist, we can get into that state with the bilateral stimulation and process it. And how many times does it take to find success? Every single person is different and also depending on the trauma. If it's a a complex trauma, meaning again, something that happened many, many times, it might take a little longer versus if somebody had a car accident and they came in and they just wanted to process that, it could happen as quickly as one session. However, oftentimes with, with complex trauma, you know, I see people for like six months, which is a lot faster than just talk therapy alone. I want to know if somebody wants to open up their own practice. Or do you have any advice for people on how to take the leap and just do it? What I learned from being an actor is, and, and you probably know from being a filmmaker, is that knowing people really helps you. So networking is really, really, really important. And it's the same thing with any business. I think networking with people in your industry and your field is really, really, really important. And I wish I had done more of that before I opened my business. I kind of did it simultaneously, even though I've been technically practicing for about a decade, I really didn't work very hard on the networking part of it. And I mean, getting to know other professionals in the neighborhood, speaking with doctors, speaking with attorneys, people who can refer, right? So I I didn't really do a lot of that. And if I could go back and do that before I opened my practice, I would have done more of that. Do you attribute any success to social media? Somewhat, yeah. Actually, I've been advertising my groups, the groups that I do on social media. And we have people, I say we, because I I partner with this woman, uh, Dr. Ali Arena. And we have people who reach out to us about our groups from the East Coast, from Chicago, from all over. I've had a client from Arizona. 
So yeah, I would say social media has helped. And so, yeah, that's my question is just about how, how you are innovating and growing and like what your, what your plans are for the center method five years from now, 10 years from now. My idea to open the center method was to create a community. So that intention, that idea, though, I've had to shift gears a bit is still there. I hope to have an online community, an in-person place where people can come and find support as well. I probably will not go back to the fitness side of things. I'll probably continue to focus purely on mental health and trauma. We also work with individuals on the autism spectrum. So I'll continue down that path. And what do you do with people with autism? Ali and I run a few groups. So we run a group for men on the autism spectrum and we're starting one for women. We got many inquiries about it. So we're starting one in January for women on the spectrum. And, and a lot of individuals with who are, are uh, neural atypical, they want to know how to relate and communicate with people. They, they want to know how to date. So we're, we're doing a lot of relationship coaching, I guess you could call it, and, and helping them become aware of their emotions because though they express emotions differently, they still have very strong emotions. So you think all those things are teachable for people on the spectrum? They just, yes. so, so then in their childhood, they're just not being taught it or like what's, what's lacking to where they have to come find it later on? I think there's a lack of education of the general population and it's no one's fault. It's just that this is somewhat new, not really that new, but unless you know someone who's on the spectrum, most people don't really understand anything about it. And it is called a spectrum because it could mean so many different things. There's such a wide range of symptoms or indicators of somebody who is on the spectrum. We're, we're kind of taught that like, we need to help them fit in with us versus well, let's all expand our minds and like, how do they think? Let us fit in with them. I want to finish with your thoughts on, on anything. Anybody listening to this, do you have any words for them? Any words of wisdom? Be their teacher. I would say that if you need help, it's okay. Everyone needs help every now and then. And reach out to someone. If you don't have a support network, there are support networks out there. Um, there are national hotlines for suicide prevention. There are national, um, there's NAMI, which is the National Association for Mental Illness uh, that provides a lot of resources. So there are, there are people out there who are willing to help. And if you feel like you need help, then please reach out, get some help. What do you think gets in the way of people asking for help? Like what stops Stigma, them? shame. Yeah. And so how can they realize that it's okay to ask for help that they don't have to be ashamed for? Well, hopefully by listening to something like this, maybe someone will listen to it and be like, oh, other people understand what I'm going through. You're not alone. Oftentimes people think they're the only one feeling the way they're feeling. You're not. Where can people find you? Instagram probably is the best at the underscore center underscore method. I also have a website, www.thecentermethod.com. There you have it. Our interview with Nicole Moore from The Center Method. You know how to contact them on Instagram and on the web. 
will include links down below. But until next time, it's been a pleasure. The show's intro was written by Brianna Davis. Sound engineering is by Bob Melanson. And I am your host, Saurabh Nirmand. Thank you for listening to Avant Savant.